Big news, friends. Mega has a live show, which we will also live stream. It's going to be at the Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles Saturday, March 16th, and it's a 4 p.m. matinee. We're going to have a lot of amazing guests, so get your tickets now by heading to our website, megathepodcast.com. And if you're a Patreon member, you get a discount. So join us live or virtually on March 16th and get your tickets now. You know the unmistakable sound of opening your freezer door? That little kiss? Well, my freezer makes that kissing noise and I kiss it right back because it's filled with butcher box cuts that have made my life way more convenient. Delivered right to our doorstep, free shipping, always, and curated customized box plans. It saves me money and trips to the grocery store and I can meal plan for weeks at a time and I got leftovers to boot. Eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering mega listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. That's three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free, that's free, in every order for a whole year. That's a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Get a kiss from your freezer and your family and sign up today at butcherbox.com mega and use code mega to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Thanks, ButcherBox. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis, and at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good and not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. We are here, the Lord, we are here, and we're ready, ready to podcast. Hiya, I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week we're giving our megachurch just a tiny family feel. Ooh! I love it when we get to introduce you to members of our church staff, people from our community. I always find it to be a treat and a treasure. And per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Today, Gray Haas and I are doing, doing life, life together. together. Oh, I thought we had kind of practiced. It was like doing life together, together. or something like that. Doing life, life together. together. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll work on that. Hey, everyone, we're so excited to be doing life together, aren't we, Hallie? We have so much to catch up on as 
friends and you're my brother in Christ and God has just had it's been a powerful summer it really has I hate that it's winding down and the kids are going back to school but to be honest Hallie I have just been so busy with my teens in climax I'm, I'm ready for a bit of a break and just going back to the three and four times a week that I see them instead of the six seven or eight you know what I mean summertime is so hard to have the kids home from school plus I got more yard work making sure I get my perennials and my annuals looking all nice I'm out there getting sunburned trying to make sure the kids get to all their camps and activities and all that. But you know what? When I'm surrounded by these petunias and pansies and geraniums and all these different things, I just marvel at the spectacular artistry of God. I say, you know what? Summertime is an awesome time where we get to see how life grows in creation. And God did that. I know. Be still and know that I am God is such something that really comes to me when I'm standing a bunch of bunch of pansies. Right? It is. It's very, it's, I almost feel like I can do my, my devotions outside, you know, in the summertime. And I, you know, I'm always doing my walk through the Bible. And, and all I of remember that. how he used to say, sometimes you'd just go out in your garden and kind of get lost in there and just hope that nobody would find you. Oh, yeah. Especially if I'm praying, if I'm shooting up some prayers, you know, I find that God always meets me in nature. Isn't that great? It's really great. Well, what's going on uh, with with everything that we're doing life together on this week? What, what what are the hot topics? Well, one of the things we gotta talk about, as long as summer is you know the subject matter, is that it's been quite a summer for the movies. Everybody has to go to the movies now. The kids have been trying to go see Oppenheimer and IMAX, and everybody's got to see Barbie a million times. And oh, and I haven't even seen any of those. I've just been to the new Mission Impossible like four times. Oh, really? Oh, it's great. Well, have you seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Because that's what all the kids are trying to see this week. Oh, really? No, I don't care about that. Anything with teenage in it, I've got enough of in my life, don't I, Hallie? Well, I checked with my Dobson, you know, uh, safety meter, uh, James Dobson, you know, make sure and let parents know what movies are safe for their kids to see and all that. And so my book club wanted to go see Barbie. And I said, you know what? It sounds like a fun thing I can do with the gals. They all wanted to get dressed up together. We had all their hot pink outfits on. And I says to myself, you know, this is a way that I can go check it out first and make sure it's okay for my kids to see. That's right. So we went and I was really excited about doing some girly stuff with the gals. And I was having a wonderful time. We were hooting and hollering. We were just having an absolute blast. People were telling us to switch to decaf, and I think some people thought we were drunk. And I said, I'm high on Christ and spreading the word. I've never had a drop of alcohol, and if you think I'm uh, sounding or behaving as if I'm drunk, it's because I'm just that high on Christ. And so all of us took our sober, you know, pink-adorned bodies to the movies, and unfortunately, we couldn't get into a single show in a Barbie. We had to go to Oppenheimer, and... The only seats we could get were in the front row in the IMAX. Our this our senses were just being absolutely blasted with the three and a half hours of I don't know what you would call it, but we ended up, you know, trying to take it all in. It was assault an assault of the senses. And then my friend Barb, who had just gotten LASIK right at the moment of the movie where the atomic bomb goes off, it absolutely blasted out Barbara's 
brand new retina and her retina detached just oh, from watching no. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Oh, really? It's really dramatic. Oh, you I'd seen like to it? Go. I have no, I've not seen Oppenheimer, and I'm, I don't think I'm going to go see it. But I would like to see Mission Impossible on the IMAX in the front row. I think that would be so cool. But you know, you probably it's probably good that you didn't see Bobby Halley because I don't know what Dobson said on it on the little scale thing that he puts out, but. Apparently, it's just they've ruined Bobby. Just the 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 liberal left sort of meteor has has ruined it. Really? It's just so. It's just some, kind of some woke, you know, feminist type of thing. Is that right? What what is the what what did what did he give it on the scale? Well, the James Dobson uh, scale of uh, you know rating movies to make sure they're safe for kids to watch. It starts you know if something is safe for kids, it's it's on the milk. It, the categories go all the way from milk, and and there's even like a milk of magnesia okay. one that goes all the way up to caliente. Oh, uh, so it's just sort of hot milk. Very hot. Is it and all spicy? milk That's on the what, scale? Yes, but you want to keep it all the way down on the end of the milk of magnesium and not the caliente because you don't want your kids, you know, biting off exactly. a hunk of a movie that's going to give them indigestion spiritually. Um, and I mean, this is something that I just think it's such a bummer that they take something like Bobby, something that's so awesome and American that we've protected for years and that, you know, basically was created by awesome Christians uh, and gave us the idea. American lighty and then they just they ruin it don't they when they put their agenda in there it's sort of like the World Cup and everything else that they've done same and, thing with and James Dobson said you know that like the the movie has foul language in it it has different representations of different types of people okay. <laughs> which that's not okay and it has I don't think it said it was sexually explicit but it's very man-hating Ugh. And that is a bad example right. to set for our kids. They need to know that, you know, it's not wrong to be a man. And guess what? You might not like it if you weren't born a man. And so therefore you can't be in charge. But guess what? You can't vilify, you know, the ones who are in charge. It's so hard to be a man right now. You feel so attacked. I mean, you're getting it from every side. And if I am honest, Gray, I never let my daughters play with Barbies because and it was a very personal choice for me. I know some Christians are okay with it, but to be honest, I wasn't because I said, you know what? I don't want my daughters playing with a grown woman's body, a doll with breasts. I mean, we are not even supposed to be playing with our own breasts. Why would I give my child a doll that has breasts? And also, hate to say it, but guess what? Barbie and Ken both have the exact same thing going on in their underpants. And what's that teaching kids uh, well, that is a problem hallie because i remember we didn't have bobby in australia but we actually oh, had something right? different uh, her name was miss molly mathers and she very similar to bobby i think she was short and had darker hair her boyfriend was a guy named Tolaru roy and he also had the similar ken anatomy if you know what i w uh, if you know what i mean but uh, they they traced it back a bunch of scientists sort of sociologists did a study that women in australia when they went to have you know marital relations having grown up on miss molly mathers 
once the the man took off his clothes, they would scream and lose their minds because sure. they all thought that it was going to look, you know, this sort of smooth mound a way. very safe, smooth mound. And then what is there is terrifying and frankly quite ugly. Well, we don't have to get into all that, Well, it's Hallie. like a fainting slug on a beanbag chair, but it's okay. a beanbag of hair chair. Okay. Unpleasant. But I was excited because for the first time ever in the history of our family, I think Day and I agreed on something. I was telling my daughter that I don't like Barbie and I don't think it's right and that uh, if you're playing around with a woman's body you could end up gay or worse and my son Day said that he didn't like Barbie either and that it promotes body fascism and I said well as soon as I look up that F word I'll get back to you but I doubt we're in agreement yeah everybody's throwing around the F word these days Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the Medical Medium episode. It's really good and not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you get a belly full of laughs and a head full of real information. Our gallimaufry of expert guests answer questions on stuff adults need to know. I have mold in my dwelling. What do I do? What's gerrymandering? What happens chemically when I fall in love? How do I handle a parent-teacher conference? What are microbes? Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Solve problems, get laughs. things that grieve the heart of God and my son day. Maybe those are one and the same too. I have to tell you something day, gray that almost I can, I can almost not find the words because it hurts so much to tell you this, but I routinely check my kids' phones as you know, Oh, you have to. And, um, day was looking at, um, day was, uh, once a day, uh, for six minutes a day, he was looking at anime porno. How do you know how long he was looking at it Well, I, looking I, at his phone? I got it all tracked. It only takes him six minutes. For some reason, six minutes on this anime porn. Do you know what anime is? Oh, yeah. Is that something to do with the octopus thing? It might. I'm not sure. It, it's a dangerous slippery slope because anime is a type of cartoon style that makes things seem so cute and innocent. And then they're depicting these awful pornographic things like intercourse and you know exploring each other's bodies and, and stuff. it's just so strange i mean that that you also have to wonder and i'm sorry you're going through this with day but you gotta flash forward and go day hey when you get married you 
you're going to be in that position and it's not going to look like a cartoon, buddy. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't even look at it. My husband, Lance Labonte, had to open it up and look at it. And six minutes later, he came back and explained to me what was going on. And I almost started crying. So what do you do with that? I mean, just take away his phone again, but he's getting older, so you can't always resort to that. Well, it's interesting, and I was wanting to ask you this, because my husband, Lance Labonte, told me that there are these Christian erotica sites where it's more like reading instead of watching. So I don't know if that's like Braille porn or, you know, how you kind of... Oh, I've never thought of that. Is there such thing as Braille porn? So I went to the Christian bookstore down at Keystone at the Crossing, and this lovely woman working in the Christian bookstore, I told her, we're having a problem. I have a teenage son, six minutes a day, this porno habit. She said, I've got just what you're looking for. She took me to the books. There are these series of books by this author, G.J. Tunsworthy. You heard of him? No. Well, He has a series of erotic novels set in the 1700s that are appropriate for teens to read. And it's all, the characters are Puritans and they're all doing God-honoring things. And it's called God's Bodices. And I really recommend it. So I bought like the first series for day and um, I haven't heard back from him. So this sort of... uh, kind of historical bodice ripper type thing yeah but it creates these maybe i don't know what the word is stimulating scenarios between these puritans who then always make good choices and only have god honoring you know sex but my you know day my son day was telling me that you know there have been times in church history where it was even considered immoral to have sex inside of marriage if it wasn't specifically only for procreation and breeding oh right well isn't that still the case oh um i guess that's just kind of how i think about it yeah yeah let me let me get back to you i'm gonna i i'll have to look up in some of my like biblical commentaries on my walk through the bible oh i'm looking it up on my phone right now okay yeah these seem these seem pretty wholesome wow there's a very strong puritan sort of holding a lady in a frock there but kind of holding her away from him kind of pushing her away yeah. On, on a sea cliff on this one. Yeah. This one's called Remove the Bonnet at Your Peril. Mm, yeah, that one looks good. That does look good. Well, maybe that's a good way to steer him because, he, I mean, he's at the age. He's going to stop being curious about these things, Hallie, and you've actually got to have those honest conversations with them now, just reminding them, look, no, don't do it, but when you do it, it's going to be awesome with your, with your partner, with your married partner that you're going to have amazing you know relations with for the rest of your life and it's always going to be great and awesome but don't think about it right now yeah yeah i can attest to that married sex is (laughs) i sometimes don't even like to say the s word you know just like why do we always have to say the s word yeah we don't even need it we don't even need it. We really don't. And quite frankly, Gray, I don't understand. Sometimes people use sex and gender interchangeably. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. We don't have to throw sex into everything. Yeah. You, you know really what I don't. mean? Just say gender. Well, that's why I'm not going to go see Hop and Maya because I heard they put a lot of the, the put a lot of sex in that too. And I'm like, it's about a bomb, everyone. Let's not always have to spice it up with a bunch of S stuff. Well, at least Oppenheimer is, you know, not having a bunch of female leads with big ideas. That's right. You know, it's just a guy with a big idea who, um, well, we're the greatest nation on earth. We're the only one who's ever done an atomic bomb. 
It, it isn't that awesome. Right? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. If you really think about it, how great that is. Speaking of not using the S word, one of my daughters came to me this week and said, Mom, can I tell you something? I'm asexual. Oh, no. Which daughter? <laughs> the one with the bowl cut. She says, I'm asexual, Mom. And I said, first of all, no, you're not. And second of all, I'm not falling for it. I'm not falling for it. You're going to tell me you're asexual so that then I trust you and say, well, she's not into that stuff. And then I'll let you go out into all these scenarios where you can be, you know, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, doing the S word. Well, I'm not falling for it and I won't believe it. Well, what is the asexual thing? They're just not interested in it. Well, I think it means the same thing as like atheism. Whenever you put an A in front of something, for some reason, it makes it not that thing. Oh, oh, sounds like a mistake. But I think what I would say, Hallie, is at least asexual is probably better than some of these other ones that I've been hearing about lately. Oh, because no. you know how all these kids are getting... I, I mean, I was uh, sitting around with uh, some of my teens the other day, and I said, hey, guys, what are we watching on TV? Cool. And they're all saying, well, we love The Office. And I... <laughs> The Office is so funny, Hallie. It's it's so funny. It's this old show, and it's just really funny. And if you've worked in an office, it's just, oh, my goodness. It's just so funny. Oh, that's and, good to know. I love comedy, oh, and I, I don't so think funny. there's been a good comedy since Cosby. And the thing that they are all saying is, yeah, we watched The Office. It's this, this old show. Cool. And I said, oh, that's great. And, you know, the, there's all these characters there's Dwight who's so funny and then you know Pam and Jim and all these others and then later in that conversation I had my one of my kids say I'm pansexual <gasps> and I was like well what in the world is that obsessed with that character Pam that's what I think just sort of and it was a lady who sang it oh no and so I've got to talk with her because I'm going okay well a lot of people would call that, you know, we used to call that a lesbian, but now I guess they're calling it pansexual, but it means they're only attracted maybe to that character. Anyone who's or, attracted to her is a or, pansexual? Or maybe that type of sort of mousy brown, you know, forgettable lady. I've heard of pansexual. Oh, I've heard of that. That's the Peter Pan thing. Peter Pan? Yeah, I think that means you never want to grow up and only want to stick your willy in a jar of peanut butter. Oh, it grieves the heart of God. It, I mean, there's just so well, many that's sick wild, things, Hallie, I'm telling you. I thought you. it was because, you know how a few years ago Domino's did a rebrand because people thought Domino's Pizza wasn't worth delivery anymore. And so they did a whole thing where they're like, well, now we're doing hand toss, we're doing cracker crust, and they're also now doing pans. And I think the pan is the best of all the pizzas. I really like the pan pizza over a Pizza Hut, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought maybe it was like that pie, American Pie movie where people were having relations with pan pizza oh that would be hot wouldn't it it would be hot but unless if you, they deliver it in over 45 minutes and in which case you get it for free maybe people are doing that but if you think about that sentient slug that men have between their legs if they're putting it in somebody else's body guess how much temperature is inside their body 98.7 degrees that's hot it's not really pizza hot though yeah, what's pizza like? Three hundred degrees or something? It must be. The last time I ate pizza was probably fifteen years ago, and you see this scar on my inner thigh. Oh wow! That's actually that's from, I dropped a piece of pizza on there. That's from pizza. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I had a half-baked pizza I brought home from Costco, and it said fire it in the oven at five hundred degrees. I didn't even know I could make my oven go to five hundred. 
Oh, you've got to get an air fryer, Hallie. I've heard you, you about that. You can put anything in it. Really? You can put salmon in it. You can put bison in it. You can put chicken in it. You Mozzarella can put sticks? Oh, I don't know about that. Bread Probably. sticks? Oh, I don't know about that. Fettuccine Alfredo? Definitely not. I don't think you'd want to air fry a pasta. Cheese quesadillas? Yeah, you could probably do that. Grilled cheese? Yeah, that too, Hallie. It's, isn't a grilled cheese basically a quesadilla? Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. But a totally different wrapping. to the the whole movie thing actually i did think uh i i did also see in the imax jim caviezel's new movie sound of freedom awesome twin hills had purchased as anybody could go if you if you wanted to go see sound of freedom there's just an entire huge box of tickets that the church purchased they're in the lobby and you can just grab a handful as you go out so i did go and see that there wasn't anybody in my showing it was it was a friday at eight so maybe people were busy so i did see that it was pretty good jim caviezel great actor very god-honoring movie about stopping child trafficking you gotta stop it in its tracks and then of course, I was bummed out when I saw this week that one of the producers of the movie had been arrested for child kidnapping. Oh. And you just think, you know, guys, what in the heck? Why did you Why did you hire that guy? Don't put that. Because one, like we always say, Hallie, one bad banana and everybody thinks the bunch is spoiled. Mm-hmm. And this guy's just a producer who you know, possibly gave a lot of money to the film and got it made. But he's the one that sucks up all the oxygen in the room, even though this movie's great, super well acted, and about a subject that is super, super near and dear to our hearts. Well, you know what? That makes me think. My son Day was telling me something about how, you know, if you just listen to the arguments people are making about their foes or their enemies, they're usually describing their own behavior because we're all projecting all the time. And so I I was like, I don't think I understand what you're saying unless you just want to call it opposite Day. I, I understand that. But what it makes me think is that If this is a movie about how God hates child trafficking and about how God-honoring people stop child trafficking, well, guess what the um, liberals are going to do to try to stop a big conservative popular movie like this is they're going to be like, oh, uh oh, your child trafficking movie was produced by someone who child traffics. And it's just like when, you know, a priest does something bad or a pastor gets in trouble, then they want to point and go, look at pastors are just as capable of locking up kids and assaulting them and, you know, uh, keeping them in cages or whatever. And we go, hey, that was one pastor, one time. Not all, not all pastors, not, not all, all cops, not all producers. That's right. And if you really think about it, Hallie, I sometimes like to go, okay, what's more important? That this movie got made and that millions and millions See? of people are seeing it mm-hmm. so that everyone's on the lookout mm-hmm. for child traffickers mm-hmm. or that there was one kind of, who knows, kidnapper or whatever, who was producing on the movie, probably not a big role. I mean, that is how God uses anyone to get his word into the world. And I think that's amazing. God can use sinners to do that. That's right. He, Hallie? That's right. That's right. Who else is he going to use? Because guess what? 
we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So for God to do anything on earth through humans, he's got to use flawed people. And so that argument about how, well, Christians are hypocrites because, you know, they child molest at the same rate that secular people do, or they, you know, child traffic at the same rate, all that. Well, yeah, because guess what? We were all made in his image. I mean, we were, we all fall short of the glory of God. Isn't that right? Yep. Speaking of uh, God being real and the evidence being everywhere, Hallie, did you see that headline this week? can't remember what paper it was in. It was something like, scientists find genetic cause for virgin birth in animals. Get out of here. I It gave me goosebumps, Hallie, for what? a few reasons. But basically, they said that fruit flies normally, you know, they have to mate to reproduce male, female, but they can be genetically modified to give birth asexually for generations to come. That these scientists are, are kind of tinkering around in there. Sort of on the Ken and Bobby parts in there, the internals. And what that really, it gave me pause, Hallie, because I thought two amazing things from it. One is, well, here they go again, scientists trying to play God, Mm -hmm. trying to do what God did first Mm -hmm. and didn't have to tinker around with anything. Mm -hmm. He just gave a miracle. But the silver lining, Hallie, is I thought, isn't this an awesome opportunity to when those very people go, virgin birth's not possible, virgin birth's not <gasps> yeah. possible, you can just turn it around on them. Yep. And you can point to their very newspapers who are saying all these things about the scientists and the fruit flies and go, look, you yourself, you the scientists, you the secular people are saying virgin birth is impossible. Go read your paper. Go read your paper. That is awesome. We should give that to Steve. I mean, uh, oh, wouldn't in case he be you able to just that riff a, on something? Yeah, as a sermon illustration, that would be outstanding. And this is something that I think about all the time, Hallie, because do you remember when teens used to say no homo? Sure. They would say hashtag no homo or whatever. Right, mean. like if two boys hugged each other, they would immediately give the caveat or the umbrella or whatever of no homo, no homo. And it, it was like, yeah. okay, good, so we're all clear. And, you know? and I still encourage them to do that, even though they don't do that anymore. But I think that that was interesting, Hallie, that this article came out because a lot of my teens now have heard around school and such people saying uh, no Christo, no I've Christo, heard of that. Mm-hmm. meaning it's I'm, I'm talking but not in a christian way and they mean it in a bad way hallie like i'm not christian so don't don't make me think i'm christian so it's kind of that thing if one of these kids is going hey i believe in virgin birth and says no christo he he's probably talking about an article like this ah i heard that my son day was uh talking about no christo that a lot of kids were saying no christo because the social medias are you know now we're in the information age everybody can have all this information about their bodies their sexuality their relationships their their ailments their disorders their everything and so now all these kids are just wanting to pop pills and you know not fall into the loving arms of god who's going to make them feel whole and complete but instead they're just sitting online all day learning all this stuff and day was i said what is this no christo and day said well, a string of words, it was hard for me to understand, and I'm not going to go look them up right now, but he was talking about how, well, Christianity is getting a really bad reputation for being like colonizers, authoritarians, and whatever. And I said, colonizers? <laughs> Do you know how many colonies there were? 13. And they're on the East Coast. Do you know where we are? We're in Indiana. Also, if we didn't have those colonies, there would be nothing here. 
Yeah. So he was just saying that no Christo is now this thing that kids are saying where they're trying to identify as not having to do anything to do with the church because they think the church is full of like, you know, bigots and homophobes and racists and Ugh. sexists and all the ists and the obes and the every which ways. And I just think, you know what? You're making yourself sound really ignorant. I was trying to get the message my kids- of the gospel is love. I was trying to get my kids to say, yo, Christo. That, oh, that's good. That, you know, I'm Christian. Uh, I, I'm down with that. Like, yo, Christo. But it's hard because if you're always saying that after everything kind of ends up turning into a, a nervous tick or someone who can't speak Spanish well. Well, it grieves the heart of God that they're trying to turn the word Christian, meaning Christ follower, into a bad word where yeah. people don't want to identify that way because... They want to identify as Peter pansexual or whatever. But again, the F word came up because Day, my son Day was telling me, well, mom, there is a thing called Christo fascism where you really... Say that F word again. And I don't follow. Everyone just throws it around. And so, you know, I guess... I have to look up all the LOLs and what all that stuff means. I guess I'm going to have to look up uh, colonize. Yeah, you don't have to look look up fascism and stuff. I was part of a group of guys at the gym for a while that were that considered themselves fascist. Oh, really? What what did they mean by that? Well, they were simply talking about how they really thought fascia was at the root of great explosive muscle growth. So we would do a lot of rolfing and things like that. And I realized it's just they were kind of running the word together. They would say fascist, fascists. Ah, yeah. And so for a long time, Mm -hmm. I identified as a fascist, a fascist. Because I also believe that the fascia contains so much explosive growth if you can really tear it well during a workout and constantly setting PR. But yeah, I I had to say, guys, we probably should change the name because everyone's throwing around this F word now. And they, I mean, they had never really heard of it. But yeah, there are a lot of fascists at the gym. Well, everyone has fascia. It's right. all over your body. I think it's right under your skin. That's right. And if anyone wants a discount on a really awesome supplement that is just going to blast that fascia wide open, you can use discount code GRAY for hunkmount at hunkmount.com, and that will give you this really great NMT uh, powder that you can mix in and just get that explosive muscle growth through the fascia. And if we want to remember discount code hunk mound, just think about Ken. Like Ken has a hunk mound. What? No, Hallie. I'm saying oh. hunk, like a hunk mound, like a hunk mound is like a muscle. Ah, oh, right, right. Well, Gray, I'm speaking of under mound. the skin, I've got something under my skin right now. And I don't want to make it about me because I really just want to keep everyone focused on Jesus. Okay, we can move on. But I've really been struggling and my heart is... My heart is hurting, my friend, and something's under my skin. Day has a girlfriend. <laughs> oh, okay. Which is exciting uh, and wonderful and very, okay. Uh, when he informed me that he liked this gal and that they were kind of going together, whatever the kids call it now, I said, okay, well, I would like to be in touch with her parents. Her name's Rebecca. And I said, I'm going to talk to Rebecca's parents. He said, mom, you know, she's from a Jewish home. Like, please be respectful and stuff. And I said, what? 
I'm respectful all the time of anyone, no matter what their home is like, but it's good for the parents to connect. So I get in contact with her mom. Her mom's name is Jenny. And we have a talk on the phone. And I just said, I want you to know that when Rebecca is in our home, they will be constantly supervised. You know, we have standards of decorum for the kids. They're not going to be acting out. They're not going to be watching stuff that's sick. They're not going to be allowed to be in positions where they would be tempted to stumble in the flesh or sin or any of the like. And I just wanted to make sure that, you know, what is your house like? Do you have a basement where kids are hanging out? Do you, you know, leave them unsupervised and all that? And I just was kind of trying to get a lay of the land, make sure we're on the same page so that if day goes over to their house, you know, they're kind of having the same standards of, you know, we got to keep our kids pure. And it was a little startling what Jenny came back with. She said, you know, we have a real open dialogue where we try to communicate all of the things that Rebecca has questions about or concerns about, and we talk about things. And so, you know, we kind of cover all of those fears and concerns of, you know, teenage pregnancy and diseases or infections or whatever. She said, we talk about all that stuff. And also, you know, we really try to foster trust with each other. And we, we, we let Rebecca know that we, that we trust her and that she can talk to us. And I was like, very concerned by this. I mean, there are a lot of red flags, Hallie. I don't love that day is dating someone who isn't Christian, but I'm hoping that maybe this is an opportunity for him to bring someone to youth group. It would be great if she came to Climax. That would be awesome. And the second thing is that I'm, I guess I'm, I'm relieved that he's not, of course, some kind of Peter Pan sexual or whatever. For sure. But, I mean, this does kind of seem like almost like one of the plot lines from, what was the books that you, you bought them? Oh, the G.J. Tunsworthy books, um, God's Bodices. God's Bodices. Yeah, doesn't that kind of sound like the storyline of one of God's Bodices? You know, this there's like a good and upright marriage of like John Good, Goodman and Dorcas plow hand or something, and then a Jewish, you know, a Jewish sort of a, a dark and mysterious Jewish lady shows up and tries to break them apart, and they've got to send her away. I haven't read the books, but I'm just sort of spitballing there. Oh, well, that sounds good. I, I just don't know what to do, Gray, because now I feel like we got to break up with this girl and this family, and I covet your prayers. And I've already told Day that I'm sorry, but guess what? I don't think it's going to work out with you and this girl because she's hashtag no Christo. <laughs> right? right. Did I use that right? I don't think you did. Mm. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Gray Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, Support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes.